All right, everyone, we are live. Uh, welcome to Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren. I'm joined normally by the bad mama jam at Carrie Smith, although she's having Google Hangouts problems, so I'm not sure if she's actually here. Uh, Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. So let's hope you can hear our guest. Today, we are honored to have Zuby on the show. Zuby is the Jordan Peterson of rap. He's the host of the podcast Real Talk with Zuby and a creative entrepreneur from the UK. Uh, but he's been in the news recently because he broke the women's deadlift record <laughs> in the UK under some triggering circumstances. Uh, Zuby, welcome. Thank you very much, man. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, really appreciate your your time. So why don't you why don't you tell us? Tell people if they don't know about this video. Just can you just give a quick overview of? What, what you did that triggered so many people uh, in, in achieving the championship? Okay, sure. So I'm Zuby. I'm a professional rapper and creative entrepreneur based here in the UK. Um, so at the end of February, I posted a video on my Twitter account of me doing, it was a nine second video of me doing um, a deadlift, which was considerably, considerably below my maximum, by the way. Um, yeah. 15, but it was 15 kilos above the current British women's record in my weight class, which is the 84 kg weight class. And um, I posted it up and then I put a caption saying that I keep hearing about how biological men don't have any strength advantage over biological women. So here's a video of me destroying the British women's deadlift record without trying. And then at the bottom, I wrote PSI identified as a woman while lifting the weight. Don't be a bigot. So according to that logic, I'm now the <laughs> British women's deadlift champion and also the bench press champion as well, because I did the bench press record for multiple reps. <laughs> ah, so well, um, I took both of those records in a in a sim single gym session. That's my favorite. That's yeah, my favorite you. line is uh, don't be a bigot. To be it, fair, that... I could have taken those records a good eight, seven or eight years ago, but I didn't know uh, that um, we weren't we weren't yet at a level in society where I would have gotten away with it. So I had to wait for my time. You know, uh. I've been uh, I've been out of shape for a few years. I'm not in my my peak shape anymore. But it's an incentive to start going back to the gym if I can start claiming titles. So uh, you've inspired me. I'm I glad. Um, my 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 motto, my slogan is desire to inspire. So I'm glad. Excellent. So um, why do you think? I just I just want to really quickly talk about. So I think what happened was you know that that video went viral and people who hadn't heard about you, I think you know like me. Or discovered you, um, but then I think people have stuck around because you you really are willing to talk about a lot of the issues that people feel like they they wish people were talking about um, and having honest discussions and just aren't. So you didn't end with with this, you know, pointing out the hypocrisy in in the radical trans movement. You you started talking about a lot of other things. Why why do you think that right now is a time when uh, people are so charged around these things and people aren't talking about, um, well, I mean, let's just, you know, even this trans issue, people aren't getting into the real effect it would have on women's sports and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're putting you in a category. You either, you're either on our side or you're not. Mm -hmm. You're, you're a progressive or you're a bigot and that's it. Nothing in the middle. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that tweet going viral, I mean, I, I've been talking about this stuff for a while. Um, obviously that was the thing that got onto a lot of people's radar because it got, I don't even know how many retweets. I mean, it did, that tweet did millions of impressions. The video has got one and a half million views now. So 
I've been speaking about, I mean, from about early last year, early 2018 on, on, a, on public forums, but especially on Twitter, I started becoming a, a lot more vocal about my opinions and positions on certain things. It's something that I've done in private for a long time. I'm a bit of, I guess, a heterodox thinker. I'm generally one of those people who, I don't know if I'm if I'm in a room with ten other people, I'll be the one who's like rocking the boat and disagreeing on any <laughs> whatever topic is at hand. <laughs> I normally find myself in the in the minority of uh, at least at least openly expressing my viewpoint. I mean, there are millions of people who think like I do. I don't have any crazy radical or extreme opinions or anything like that. But um, to answer your question directly, I just think we live in, despite living in such free societies. You know, I'm in the UK in the US and Canada, you know, we live in some of the freest countries in the world. But despite that, there's a whole lot of self censorship, which is going on, you know, I think people just feel cowed to talk about certain subjects, or to talk about them from a perspective that does not go along with the orthodoxy. And when I say the orthodoxy, that's not even necessarily what most people believe. Like, I think there's there's a silent majority. But there are people on certain fringes and with certain ideas and ideologies who are very, very aggressive in putting them across, very, very aggressive in calling people names who don't go with them. And I think people just don't want their head on the chopping block. You know, people know that the, the nail that sticks out gets the hammer. And I get so many DMs, emails every day and have done since last year of people from students, from academics, from journalists from people in the music business. I mean, I've had I've had calls from people in music who are like, dude, like, thank you for yes. you're saying everything I want to say, you know what I mean? But like, I'm worried about losing gigs or losing opportunities or whatever. And again, I'm not saying anything that's super crazy out there. I'm just challenging some of the ideas that I don't think are sound and that are not, um, you know, in the long term that I think are potentially dangerous. I mean, this whole uh, transgender sport thing, I started sounding the alarm on this in around 2012, 2013. Well, that's one of the oh, first wow. couple cases I saw it actually happening. And I was like, well, according to this logic, there's no reason why there's no reason why this won't happen. I mean, sports are very competitive. People want to win. So, you know, you see sure. people use performance enhancing drugs. People do blood spinning. People do all kinds of things to get an advantage to win in sport because it can be lucrative and there's a lot of glory and everything like that. So if a sports division in any given sport were to make it as simple as whether it's just self-identification or even if it's just um, relatively short-term hormonal therapy or something like that, which would then allow a biological man to compete against women, that's a danger. That's a danger. That's not, to me, a step forward. That's a step backwards because we do know that, you know, physically men are bigger, stronger, faster. We've got testosterone. So there is a physical difference. There's a reason why the uh, sports are segregated to begin with. And you can look at certain sports. I mean, imagine American football, rugby, boxing, MMA. There's a whole bunch of sports where this could actually be genuinely dangerous, genuinely dangerous. And it's one of those things that I think sometimes people with good intentions, I'm hoping, I, I like to assume people have good intentions, but I think sometimes people either just don't know the facts or they're so blinded by the ideology that they're not really thinking about what the long-term implications of some of the things they're suggesting are i have to i have even, a question go ahead, I have, go ahead i have a question for you yeah so, no that's uh that that's my point on that okay uh, so i have a question for you about your background uh, can you hear me zuby can you hear me uh 
I'll I say don't I was think... just saying I finished my point on that. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he, I don't yeah. think he can hear me, Carter. Ask him. Yeah, can you hear Carrie Zuby? I cannot hear Carrie. No. Oh, oh, okay. okay. That explains oh, no. why. That's the, <laughs> there we go. I think you were going to ask Carrie. I can hear you. I think you were going to ask about his background. Were you going to ask about growing up in Saudi Arabia? What were you going to ask about? Tell me and I'll ask him. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Um, I was just going to say if he, because uh, my former ideology is um, what I call SJW belief system. And we talk about that a lot on this program. And I'm just recently coming from that perspective. And so I'm just wondering, does he consider himself conservative? Like oh, what, how okay. would he describe himself? Uh, awesome. Sorry. Sorry, Zubia. I'm, we're doing half duplex weird uh, communications. No so um, Carrie comes from a, one of the, one of the reasons this program is named deprogrammed um, is Carrie has a, we used to be a social justice warrior and she's kind of recently I'll say, I won't say come to Jesus, although I think that's also true for her. <laughs> yes, uh, that is true. But, um, <laughs> but uh, she's recently started to realize the dangers of the social justice ideology. And she was just asking about, you know, how do you identify politically and philosophically? And, you know, what's your background that has led you to to look at things from what I consider a pretty rational, logical perspective? But it seems like that's not really how people look at things anymore. So uh, what's, what's your background and your path here? Wow. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to state. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty normal. Ill. I mean, I'm normal in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways I'm not, I've got a very unique background. So in terms of where I'm from, I mean, I was born in the UK in England. I grew up in the middle East in Saudi Arabia. I went to school there for a while, which is why I don't really sound English. And then I came back to the UK for school. I went to university here. I studied computer science at Oxford, graduated. And then um, I've now been a full-time musician for about seven years. So I think that part of it is, I mean, I've always been a very, I've always been very independent minded. I've always been someone who's quite hard to sway and who tends to influence people a lot more than I get influenced. So I, I think I'm a little bit siloed in a way. So being an independent musician, working for myself, being self-employed and being very self-reliant and also just not um, being deprogrammed in a way as in like, I don't, I don't have a television in my house. I don't watch TV. Um, I do uh, just my own thinking and come to my own conclusions. And it's hard to, you know, if, if an argument is better than mine or someone provides facts or evidence or something and, and it changes my mind, then that's happened on a, some very, very large issues. But um, I'm not very emotional as well. I'm, I'm like very, very unemotional, not to like a... <laughs> Not to like a, like a crazy <laughs> level, but I'm in literally the bottom 2% of a, if you've ever, ever done a personality test with the, yep. the trait neuroticism, I'm yep. in the bottom, I'm in the bottom 2% of the population. So I'm not, when it comes to like arguments, whether it's online or offline or debates or whatever, when people are screaming at each other and getting all offended and emotional, I'm, I, it doesn't affect me very much. I'm just very much like, okay, what are the, what are the facts? What makes sense? I don't really care what you feel like, what are the, what are the facts? So I've, I've been like that. That's just kind of my personality. Um, so beyond that, it's a little bit difficult to say what it is that makes me how I am. It's just, it's just how I'm wired. So there's a, there's an argument now though, that this, and, and it's fun to talk to you, fr frankly, part, part of the reason that it's fun to talk to you about some some of these issues is because there's an expectation that because you're a black rapper, you're supposed to have a particular perspective, um, mm -hmm. which is not the perspective that you seem to have. So, you know, one thing that we're hearing a lot, at least in the US, I don't know if it's in the UK, but we're hearing that, 
uh, logic and reason are tools of oppression by white people. Uh, can you describe, uh, have you heard this? And, and I, I, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> unfortunately, I have. I've heard some stuff that just makes me shake my head at the world. So how is that? How is that as a black man? How could you possibly be uh, embracing the tools of white oppression? <laughs> Beyond laughing, that's the thing. I don't even know how to begin to deal with people. No, I think that's the only proper response. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's just I, I don't know. You know, I've even heard of science and yeah, science and reason and logic. All these things are tools tools of white supremacy or something like that. I don't I don't yeah. know who's giving these weird sociologists and whatnot like not not a pla I don't want to say a platform because I think everyone should have a platform but I don't know why they're taking some of these ideas and ideologies seriously because so many of them are just stupid and nonsensical and yep. I find it amazing that people are going to university and paying five figures to be brainwashed in some of this stuff just to come out and be useless people um but uh yeah I, I don't I, I wouldn't like I said, I would just laugh at that because it, it's so ridiculous that there's no <laughs> that there's nowhere to go from there if someone really genuinely believes that. Carrie, do you want to try your audio again really quickly? Oh, I can't even hear Carrie now. Oh no. So um <laughs> Google hate Google hates her. Um <laughs> so <laughs> did you did she say the wrong did she say the wrong thing? What about now? Can you hear me now? Oh, oh we can hear you now. I can hear you now. Zuby, can you hear her now though? Can I can't no. No, no, I can't. See, I can't see her either. Oh, you can't see uh, her the, either. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't see her on the on the hangout thing. So I have got a bunch of stuff I want. I could talk to you about, but actually, I don't get to talk to musicians very often. You know, I you know, I've talked to evolutionary biologists so we could get into the differences between men and women. But uh, I actually want to talk to you about music because because there's not a lot of people that can talk about music and maybe we can start with your rap because your rap i'm not i've never been much of a rap listener except for this maybe will be dating myself but back in the day when it was like young mc in the 80s like the early oh, yeah. Bust early move. rap stuff um okay but part of the thing that's been a turnoff is has been the kind of glorification of violence and um and self-destructive and and actually just generally nihilistic behavior that's that's glorified in rap but listening to your stuff uh first of all it's more educated probably because you went to oxford uh <laughs> but also it's got a positive message and I, i'd wonder if you can talk about that a little bit and and why why you rap the way you do i mean in your songs you talk about being the jordan peterson of rap you have a line that says too much love i could never be a feminist which i think <laughs> would require a lot of unpacking uh so oh boy, what's yeah. can you talk about your music in in particular a little bit and then i want to dive into music generally yeah sure thing so my music my my sort of mo in life is especially as i as i get older and wiser is really honesty and authenticity i try to be as those are those are two qualities i really value in other people and I'm one of those people who I, I really try to just embody that. From the beginning of my music career, when I started out as a teenager, I've never, ever, like you, you can't find a song of mine where I'm rapping about being a gangster or selling drugs or coming from the hood or anything like that. Because from the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to be true to myself. This is who I am. I'm going to just put, put it on the table there. That's why I'm, it's part of why I'm so outspoken on a lot of things. I'm just like, look, this is who I am. This is what I think. I'm not going to 
bow down to anybody or be controlled by anybody. And in terms of the, you know, being positive, one, I am a very, um, I am a very positive person. You know, I'm generally an optimist. I'm someone who tries to see the positive of any situation, even if it's, even if it's difficult, even if it's ugly, anything like that. I try to, you know, it's easy to get annoyed with people if you're spending too much time on Twitter or something like that. But in real life, I'm, I'm very chilled. I can get on with pretty much. I get on with pretty much anybody. Like for me not to be able to get on with someone, they have to just really not be a decent person. Um, and I think, you know, there's so much, there's so much negativity out there, as you already alluded to in the world of music and just the world in general. There's a lot of negativity out there. You go on Twitter, it's negative. You go on, um, you watch the news, it's negative. You read the news, there's negativity, negativity. And, you know, I mean, life is difficult as, as Jordan Peterson would say, you know, life, life is suffering. And that's, and that's true. You know, there's, we've all got things internally and externally that we struggle with. And I think one great thing about art and music in particular is that, you know, I think what I love about being a rapper, being a musician is it's basically, it's a little bit like stand-up comedy. It's being able to articulate in words what other people are feeling and will resonate. With. So I think that, I just think it's important to be a counterbalance. With a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, it's kind of about a counterbalance. So if you are going to have all that music talking about G degenerate stuff and talking about violence and, you know, having tons of profanity and all that kind of stuff, I think it's good to have a counterbalance to it, you know, an alternative point of view, something that people can listen to. And what I love about my music is like, I can play it to anybody and not feel embarrassed, right? I can do it. I had a show in, I had a show last mm -hmm. night. My parents came to the show. And I'm happy to have my parents at the show because I, I know I'm not on stage saying some stuff that they wouldn't be proud of. You know, you know what I mean? I can play it to my 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 aunties and I can play it to little kids. I can play it to anybody. And I'm not worried about, you know, if I send a song to radio, I don't even need to edit it because I don't swear in my music. So I was yeah, going to ask you about that. That's a OK. That, but put a pin yeah. in that. We'll come back to it. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. So yeah, man, it's 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 about all those things. It's about being authentic. It's about wanting to inspire and motivate people in a positive way. I do want to be a positive light on the world. My my North Star, my big goal is to have a positive impact on over 10 million people. That's my lifetime goal. I want to do that through my music, through my words, through my writing, all the things that I'm going to go on to do in the future. That's my big goal, have an impact on 10 million people and then I can uh, die happy. So yeah, I'm not going to do that by rapping about shooting people and selling drugs and stuff because I don't I don't do that. I don't condone that. I'm entirely opposed to all that. And yeah, I mean that that's out there that exists, but it's not my thing. It's never going to be my thing. I might listen to a little bit of it here and there for entertainment purposes, but that's not going to be the message that I'm ever communicating and I don't want to be. Yeah. So, you know, you've said before you've got somewhat of a privileged you had a, a privileged upbringing or privileged background, I think is the word that you, the phrase that you used. Um, but a lot of rappers are rapping about, you know, what their experience is. And I've also heard you say there's kind of a fine line between uh, glorifying something and documenting what's what's happened and what the experience is. Do you think that most modern rappers or a lot of modern rappers are, are erring on the side of glorification rather than uh, sort of psychologically processing difficult or traumatic childhoods? I do think so. I mean, I do think it's shifted a little bit. I mean, I think in the 90s, even in the early thousands, not all of it, but a lot of the gangster rap or, you know, the stuff that was more violent or, you know, talking about someone who's maybe dealt drugs in the past or something like that. It did seem to always have more of a silver lining around it. 
you know, it was more like, look, this is what I was doing. This is what was going on there. And this is where I am now. Right. There was more of a redemption narrative, shall I say? Yep. Like it, it yeah. wasn't just like making it sound really cool to do these things. It was like, look, um, you know, Jay-Z has a line in a song, which is great, where he says, uh, Hove did that. So hopefully you all don't have to go through that. Right. So like this is right. what I did in the past. But hopefully, you know, I went through this, but hopefully everyone else won't have to kind of thing. And not in I, I don't like to I try to avoid generalizations. I mean, there are certainly a lot of artists who are still putting out very positive messages out there. I'm not the only person. Um, but yeah, there does seem to be a rising tide of stuff just being super ignorant with no, no redemption narrative at all, right? Just making it sound really cool to take drugs or sell drugs or be in a gang or whatever. Like it, it does, it is crossing that line in my opinion into glorification and you know, people are, I'm a free, free speech absolutist. People are welcome to do that if they want to, people can listen to it. Every, we've all got choices, but I think it's, um, yeah, again, I would I would just rather be a it, again, it's never been my desire to to kind of play into any of that, you know, not to play into any of that. It's like, look, this is who I am. This is this is where I'm from. This is what I think. And, you know, people can agree with me. People can disagree with me. People can like it. People can dislike it. But it's just like, look, this is this is who I am. This is what I want to say. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of that simple for me. Have you talked about yet? Um, can you hear me now? No, no, she's trying again. Ah, man. Oh, no, well, I can't. I, I can't, occasionally it says that she's joined, but then I, there was uh, one moment when her face popped up. Um, then, uh, oh, makes, you know, I can. OK, I can. I can see her, but I can't you can hear see her. me. But you can't hear me. That makes me so sad. Uh, she's, oh, well. sad. she's communicating her sadness. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I can literally see her, but I can't. Why, why do you think there's been a rise in in nihilism? Because you were saying that th this has happened I think you said late 90s, even maybe even early aughts, there was uh, maybe more of a redemption narrative in in rap music. Where's the rise in nihilism coming from? Because it's not like the uh, the plight of urban America has gotten or urban the UK, I imagine. I don't know, has gotten worse. It's not like things have gotten worse. Why is there this sudden rise in 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 the glorification of violence and nihilism generally? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, on the supply side or on the demand side. Like, I, I look yep. at a lot of things quite economically. Um, you know, when people are like, oh, why do rappers rap about this? Or why are so many video games violent? Or why are so many movies like this or whatever? And I'm, kind of, I'm always like, well, there's clearly demand. People are yep. buying them. People are paying money for them. People are consuming them. So as long as that's going to happen, people are going to keep, you know, it's like, people who sell drugs right if if yep. people didn't want drugs nobody would sell drugs there'd be no profit in it so um yeah i don't it's hard to pinpoint i would say that as a society in general um i do think that western society has become a little bit more decadent and nihilistic maybe in the past 15 to 20 years um what would you attribute that to it's hard man i think there's a few factors I think there's a bunch of factors. If I were to sum it up, I'd maybe say like a lack of meaning and a lack of direction. Um, it's the same reason why I think someone like Jordan Peterson it resonates with so many people. Yeah. Because, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with his content, I mean, a lot of what he says yeah. would have just been considered common sense 40 years ago, I imagine. Right. Yeah, it the stuff been, that it, dad would have said back. In exactly. The day. Yeah. Exactly. It, would, it wouldn't have been so groundbreaking. But now it seems so groundbreaking just because it's like for the past... 20, 30 years, the messaging has just been so 
yeah, just do whatever you want. And morality is subjective and nothing is really right and nothing is really wrong. And just have fun. Let your genitals guide you. Don't let God guide you. Religion is terrible. You know, all, all, all these things, you know, I do think the, um, all these things kind of play into each other. And then I think with social media as well in the past, you know, the rise of that over the past 12 years or so, you know, I think people, yeah, um, people have become more narcissistic. People have become more, we're better connected, but people are more lonely. Um, you know, I think that's also linked to the whole rise in what seems to be mental health problems. I, you know, I think all of these things are interconnected. It's, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, the source is. If there's any sure. one, I imagine it's, it's a whole bunch of factors and then they all kind of, they all kind of play into each other. So, um, and then I think that gets reflected on the wider culture that'll get reflected in the, what's, what's showing on TV. It'll get reflected on what you're seeing on social media the videos you're seeing on YouTube, the music you're hearing, you know, it'll all, you know, all these things are kind of products of the, of the culture, shall we say. So you've talked before about like, th this is related, trust, trust me, <laughs> you've talked before about how Nazism is, is generally uh, viewed as horrible as it should be, uh, and evil. And, but communism is given a pass. Uh, mm. And you don't learn. And so I think you talked once in an interview about you don't learn all the hor horrible uh, atrocities of communism in school as much as you learn about the Holocaust. And, you know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking that this, this must be, there must be a philosophical and, and kind of ideological underpinnings to why we have educational institutions full of people who don't want to talk about communism in a negative light. And I imagine it's the same route as maybe the nihilism that we're seeing in pop culture. It might be. I think it's a couple of things. I think some of it is political because, I mean, going back to World War II, obviously, you know, countries like the the UK, you know, the allies were, you know, somewhat aligned with the Soviet Union. So it was in their favor, yeah. even even at that time, decades ago, it was in their favor to kind of sweep under the rug some of the atrocities that were going on there and not report them to the people. And so I think that's a factor that because... You know, those were people who were on our side to at least to, to some extent, not not throughout the entire thing. I'm not a World War II expert, but um, I think that's that's part of it. And then I think that sort of led to that knowledge just being kind of swept under the rug a little bit. So it doesn't have the same. If you hear communism and you hear Nazism, you don't you don't get the same like emotional they don't, right. They, yeah, right. There's, there's not the same emotion or <laughs> right. response. You right? put on a chase yeah. shirt and call everyone Hitler as an insult. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you saw someone in the street waving, uh, wearing a red t shirt with the hammer and sickle on it, you'd have a really different response to if you saw someone wearing um, a black t shirt with, with, a, with a white swastika on it. Okay. You know, right. like it's not, you know, and the, for, the former killed more than the latter. But yeah, I was gonna say one, the death toll is a lot higher. Exactly right. Yeah, but and and people won't even don't even want to accept that because people want to think that right. all the hor all the atrocity comes from far right ideology. People don't. I mean, ha have you ever seen the media use the term far left? No, uh, yeah. not even to describe like Antifa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. right? They're, oh, they're so, anti fascist. They're anti fascist. They're fine. They're not. You know, it's yeah, and it, it's amazing. I mean, you see people labeled as far right. I've said far right, far right. Like you see it, but I can't. I literally can't think of ever seeing in any paper except for some of the like very conservative ones 
um, you know, nothing gets labeled as far left, right? You never hear of far left extremists, you know, Antifa or far left extremists. You don't, you don't hear anything about that. Like people don't, you aren't even familiar with the term. People are like far left. What does that mean? Does that just mean you're a really nice guy? And it's like, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> not, you know, like, not the Stalin. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Like, it's, it's not, it's not what it means. Um, and I didn't learn about a lot of this stuff until, I mean, I had to dig it out myself, you know, in my, in my twenties, it wasn't in my, until my twenties. Yeah. And I started, you know, hearing a little bit about it and doing some more research and being like, okay, why did, why did, why did communism completely fail? And why is it failed in all these places? And what, what really happened? And so I looked into it. I looked into, you know, Pol Pot's China, the Soviet Union, um, Cambodia, you know, all these, all these places where the same model has been tried under the same pretense. And I was like, wow, this is shocking. Why don't people, how can people go on TV and proudly call themselves communists when this is the, I mean, you can't go on TV and proudly say that you're a Nazi, right? but you can go on and, TV and, you know, you can literally say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a communist and no one, you know, a couple people might be like, Ooh, but people aren't going to have the same horror. Even separating them ideologically is is somewhat dishonest because they are both based on a collectivist mentality and large government. It's just mm. uh, they just have different mechanisms for implementing it. Um, but they're yeah. ideologically much more similar than like if you're a liberal. I don't know what you're pretty, uh, pretty libertarian. Are, yeah, like if you're a libertarian, communists and Nazis have way more in common with each other than either of them do with libertarianism. Yeah, I think it's that, um, you know, I think it's that something like Nazism, what's wrong with it is very obvious, right? It's on, it's on the surface level, right? You're saying sure. this race is superior than other races and therefore the lesser ones, lesser ones murder them. need to be, yeah, yeah we're going like, to, that's very clear. Okay. Communism is saying, uh, from each according to his ability to each according to their need, right? We just want, sure. we want equality of outcome, right? We want equality, right? And on a surface level, you know, I mean, I've had to explain this to so many people, right? When someone think, is seeking equality of outcome and I'm trying to explain to them why that's a really bad goal because right. it it's not, it takes a couple layers of thinking to understand why equality of outcome is a bad goal, right? Well, if, it, if, I mean, there is a way to do it. Pol Pot achieved it with the, the killing. Yeah, you can field. kill everybody. Yeah, you can kill right. everybody. Then, then you're all equal. Yeah, you can make sure everybody starves. But, um, and that, that, and that's what always inevitably happens long-term. But again, I think the the lack of education and knowledge, plus the fact that it's yeah, it's just uh, you've got to you've got to dig a couple levels to understand why it's so dangerous. So yeah. um, I think I think that's why. Again, you you always that that one. It's kind of like a zombie, right? I think like not, Nazism is uh, you know like almost nobody is a Nazi. I know people like to like throw it, but you know the actual people who genuinely think that's a good idea they are very 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 tiny in number and very very fringe and are rightfully shunned by people on all sides of the political spectrum yeah so, i would say they're immediately ostracized as soon as they're exposed it, right? exactly exactly right you're not going to have um a, a nazi in the republican party or the conservative party and right. you know they can just chill there right if they get found you know no they're, they're getting cast out right. whereas you could have someone who's like pretty extreme far left in a left wing party and no one will really, you know, like there isn't the same, no, there's, there's not the same thing. And again, I, it's, I think it's just the, uh, yeah, it, it's not as emotionally and obviously striking what is wrong with it, but it's tried enough. It's been tried enough times that I think people should kind of like just draw that line and be like, okay, let's, 
the, the right answer is somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> the, the right answer is normally somewhere in the middle, right? You don't want to go to too, too far and extreme on any axis of a political spectrum where you're just going to end up with chaos. Yeah, although I would I would think I would argue the axes need to be redefined. Uh, mm. I would say uh, I would probably put communism and Nazism at one end and anarchy at the other and start having yeah. that conversation. <laughs> I, I tend to I tend to look at it like, you know, the you know, the quadrant. Yeah, so you've got like authoritarianism at the top and then uh, anarchy at the bottom. And yep. then you've got like uh, total free market capitalism on the right. And then you've got um, communism on the left no so way. that that's yeah. more how i how i view it but i do think you know i mean I, it's it's why i'm not even like a like i'm not i'm fairly libertarian but i'm not like um i'm not like an anarchist who's like okay i just want to completely get rid of the state dismantle the legal system get rid of government and for you know again that's to me that's as much of a of a pipe dream as right. having the whole usa run under communism and everybody is happy Right. It's, I mean, the answer, like I said, it's somewhere in the middle. You don't want to live in a complete authoritarian state. I mean, I grew up in a theocracy. Right. I lived yep. in Saudi Arabia for 19 years. So, you know, and even even there, you know, that's not even like that's that's probably one of the most hardcore countries in the world in certain ways. But, you know, it's like it's it's still not as absolute and extreme as it, as it sort of could be, if you see what I mean. And yeah. I just think, yeah. yeah no, so if you go totally on any end, then they've all got their own pathologies. And you do need to, you know, I'm generally a free market capitalist, but I recognize that you wouldn't want to have Apple, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft all merging into one mega corporation that just owns the world and is more powerful than any government. I understand that, you know, you don't want to let people just pollute, uh, you know, pollute as much as they want with no repercussion or, you know, there, there are certain things, certain checks and balances that, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, that's reasonable. I don't really care what side an idea comes from it's kind of like okay what what works well for society and i think what works from country to country is going to vary if you take a very i don't know you take a country that's got two million people in it i don't know oh let's go to an extreme iceland three three hundred thousand people in the whole country so yep. what works in iceland is not necessarily what's going to work in the usa which has 12 times the population no more more right. than that like you know 15 times the population so you've got to yeah, so I I, th I think I don't know. I, I think you've you've got to weigh it up and see what works well in the U.S. Sorry, in the U.K. we've got the NHS, so we have um you know we've got essentially universal healthcare in the U.K. Um, I generally think that you know it's 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 got its flaws, but you've got that, and then you've also got the option of private, so you've got both options. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm like okay, cool. That seems to work. That seems to work pretty well. Um, and I can, and again, coming back to capitalism again, I can understand why in something like healthcare, you might not want to let the free market completely dictate anything. It might work. I don't know. It might work, but I can see how there can be just because the way the incentives are structured, you might end up having, I don't know, certain drugs costing crazy prices or certain people just being, you know, getting sick or having an emergency and end up just getting screwed because they haven't got, I, I can recognize all these things, right? I'm not stuck to any... I'm not stuck to any ideology. That's why I don't like to label myself. I say I'm like libertarian leaning. If I had to, you know, libertarian leaning, conservative leaning on some things, liberal leaning on some other things by, by the true, by the true definition of liberalism anyway. So, you know, I, that's why I just, you know, say free thinker, and <laughs> which, oh, okay. which, which, which other people try even try to criticize. They're like, no, you must label yourself. And I'm yeah. just like, no, I'm not going to be 
completely against something like socialized healthcare just because that is the, I don't know, that might be the mandated conservative or libertarian position, right? It's like, okay, I've seen countries, not just the UK, but elsewhere in Europe where this thing, it works, right? So, and people are generally happy to pay into something for healthcare, right? You might not want to Again, you don't want to go as far as make nationalizing everything and you know having the government run everything. We don't want that. But um, I don't know. I think it's just like with other stuff. I just try to take a common sense approach. And if I'm provided with something that evidence that something works or something doesn't work, it's like okay, cool. Like let's, we can do that one. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's scrap that one. Let's adjust that one. Um, so yeah, that, that's my that's my general thoughts on it. Well, hey guys, um, I'm gonna try one more time just to see. Last time to join. Can you hear me? Sorry, Carrie's no. trying to talk to you one more time. It doesn't sound like it's working. <laughs> Tell him I said. No, it's so annoying. I can see. I can see her. But, uh, <laughs> he sees you, Carrie. But uh, I, yeah, I'm I can, sorry. I can see her laughing. I'm thoroughly so, enjoying. Jump in the chat, Carrie. And, I'm gonna and go submit people my and, questions and in the chat I'm like a lowly. Wondering if there's like something I need to. Like, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> well, no. So this is. Uh, you sound like a pragmatist more than anything, and you know, full disclosure. Sometime. Uh, I'll argue with you at some later time in the future on another time about uh, I'm not actually an anarcho-capitalist. I mean, ultimately, okay. I, I am an anarchist, but I don't think it's practical to do today uh, because I think it's uh, I think politi politics is an emergent property of culture, which is why you have uh, different cultures around the world um, able to have different political systems that that work. So I'm trying to move culture in the direction where we're OK with 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 anarchy, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't vote for it tomorrow. Not mm. that you vote for anarchy, because um, I think it <laughs> how, would be a mess. How, how would you ever see it working out of interest? Um, well, ultimately, I, I, I view anarchy as uh, really just a, a consistent application of the non-aggression principle. So um, if the initiation of the use of force is wrong, then it's wrong in every and all case. And um, ultimately, the government is uh, is an initiator of the use of force. But I, I think actually in an, in an anarcho-capitalist society, you might actually have more restrictions. Uh, you, you may end up feeling pretty regulated, actually. It would just be all voluntary. So you'd have insurance companies that would, you know, not insure risky behavior or charge higher premiums for super risky behavior. And you'd have, you know, a lot more of uh, ostracism from the uh, socioeconomic system through contracts um, as punishments than you would um, the state doing things. But you know, I, my, my general what, argument what about, is um, all right, just what about international affairs? Um, that's one thing I'm curious about. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's another, another issue that, that depends on really what the international environment is at the time. So if you have a, if you have a, an anarcho-capitalist group and there are threats from the outside, you know, we would fund, like I would voluntarily fund actual defense, but I don't mm. want to fund dropping bombs on the Middle East and like starting wars. Like that's not, I don't want to do that, but I'm forced to do that because I I live in a society where we've got this, you know, I don't want to get weird conspiratorial. I'm not, but there is a military <laughs> right. industrial complex. And, oh, oh, of course. oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, pre that's pre a thing. Presidents have talked about that, so. Yeah, so uh, yeah, well, Eisenhower, I think invented the term, right? So, yeah. uh, but anyway, I, you know, I don't, to me, that's not a, it's not a primary. I don't think the arguing over a political system is, is of primary importance. I think uh, the philosophy and culture is more important to talk about uh, because I do believe that ultimately drives all the politics. Um, I want to circle back to music though. Because yeah, there's one other, you're the only person I think that I know that I can have this discussion with who might have some insight because you, you're a musician. 
Um, I have a weird theory, maybe more of an observation. Uh, and it might just be because I'm an old guy and I like the music I grew up with. So uh, I'll accept that I could be totally wrong about this. But it seems like in the 70s and 80s rock, specifically 70s and maybe a little bit before then, and, and then kind of weaning out in the 80s, uh, there, were, there were masculine rock bands. And mm -hmm. it seems like the masculinity has disappeared from music with the exception of hip hop and rap. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm there. It tends to be more toxic, right? As we discussed before, it's like let's shoot not people use, masculinity, let's, let's, let's but at not, least let's not use that term. Let's not use that. Yeah. Term. Fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> what am I off my rocker? Is that crazy? Or has there been a shift in, in masculinity in music? There's been a shift in masculinity general period. Um, fair, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's been an, demasculinization of western society there's no there's no question about that i mean some of that is i think some of it is intentional i think some of it is unintentional some of it is just because we are very comfortable we have been living in peacetime in the west generally right for several decades now that's pretty rare i mean if you look at history you know like <laughs> pretty much every man was going to be fighting or you know if not part right. of if not part of the army or the military maybe being a blacksmith that helps to make the weapon you know every, everyone or hunting kind of, doing something hunting. yeah exactly right exactly you, yeah. you you couldn't afford to not have certain masculine qualities really um right. you know and you probably wouldn't have reproduced if you if you didn't because that's not what ladies would be attracted to but you know we live in such comfortable times where you have to i mean you literally have to artificially create struggle i mean i'm i'm a big gym guy right i go to the gym and that's literally like an artificial version of what some of my ancestors probably <laughs> were just yeah exactly yeah. what they would have just been doing <laughs> naturally right like i don't need to hunt i just go to my the supermarket for hunting so instead i replicate it by going to the gym and running and lifting some weights and yeah. you know it's um and then uh, you know so so linking that back to music i do think it's it's a product of the wider culture once again I think that masculinity has been misconstrued and quite unfairly demonized as well. I think that, you know, both the masculine and the feminine traditionally have their potential pathologies and their, you know, if 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 you go to like the extreme hyper masculine then that's where you get, you know, like criminals and, you know, yeah. people doing crimes and people murdering and raping and pillaging and, you know, doing really awful stuff and going to war and killing each other. Like it can get very brutal. But that's not that's not like all masculinity is, right? Masculinity is very virtuous. Masculinity is wanting to protect, wanting to provide, wanting to look out for people who are, you know, especially physically weaker and smaller, right? Pretty much every man would, you know, like, you know, happily lay down his life at an extreme for their family, for, you know, their loved ones, whatever. Um, it's just the way we're, we're hardwired. And there doesn't seem to be much of an, I don't know, societally at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much of an appreciation for that. And maybe that's because it's not needed in the current times we live in. Those qualities are not necessarily needed nor rewarded. So people kind of forget about them for a while. You know, if, if a, they if, will be. Yes. Oh, oh, are, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, be I, I, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I often joke that, you know, 
feminists will start appreciating men once a war pops off, right? Like, right. that's when, or if, you know, if, if there's an emergency, you know, we, we call in the patriarchy, don't we, right? If someone gets a, whether it's a flat tire or a burning building or a terrorist attack, who do you call? You call the patriarchy, right? You call the right. completely male-dominated people to come in and protect. And even, even taxes and supporting social programs requires uh, a bunch of guys with guns, basically. Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of guys with money. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all... I think the problem with a lot of conversations is people only see one side of it, right? So if someone starts going on some tirade about masculinity and toxic masculinity, they'll call out all the negative aspects or all the negative things that men in general or individually have ever done historically or now. And you're completely forgetting about all the stuff that they've created and built, right? Like the roof over your head, like the microphone that I'm talking into, right? So many things that, you know... Not, this is not this is not a diss to women, but men build almost everything yeah. that we use, right? All, all the table this is on, right? I can almost assure you all the stuff I'm surrounded by was built by men. And people don't really think about that. The fact that, you know, who's keeping the lights running, who's keeping all this stuff going, you know? And women contribute to society as well, obviously. And you need both of those dynamics to... Uh, yeah, this is why, it's why I don't like this... Um, I don't know there's a lot of stuff I don't like, but it's uh, yeah I don't I don't know there's there's like this um uh, yeah this pathologizing of both masculinity and also and also of the feminine as well right trying to merge them and just make them identical you know it doesn't mean that there's no crossover right every a man can do men and women can generally do most of the same things there are certain things that only women can do there are certain things that only men can do and yep. that's fine because we've got both. So right. a healthy society recognizes this and appreciates both and recognizes that, you know, all the, all, all are equal, you know, different, but equal, um, equality doesn't mean identical, right? I think that's, that's where st stuff gets muddied because people are expecting, again, you come back to that equality of outcome thing. People look at something and say, oh, there's more men than there are women here. So something, there's an injustice. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily the case. Just like conveniently, the they don't look at coal miners and are, and complain about that. I no, 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 no. I've only never CEOs. seen only CEOs. No, not you know, garbage collectors, ditch diggers, plumbers, right. electricians, mechanics. I could go on. Lumberjacks. Right. You know, I've never heard anyone campaign for have more women in these fields, and that's fine. You know, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think the military should be fifty fifty. Like, right. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense for multiple reasons. So. Um, yeah. So sorry, I got went off topic. But coming back that's to music, okay. I mean, hip hop has always been traditionally masculine you know hip-hop is a very masculine genre the vast majority yep. of listeners and artists are male and i think it's always had that aggression it's always had that braggadocio um is that why it's and, appealing though because society's kind of gone so hyper feminine that that men who want some masculine influence they kind of go to the kind of extreme they look for you know drug dealers and and mm. homicidal rappers i mean not that you're a homicidal rapper but you oh, know no, I mean. I'm, I'm certain i'm certainly not i try to embody the positive masculine um yeah yeah I, I i think so maybe maybe i mean it's been popular for a long time so i don't think it's necessarily a a new thing but i think that you know people both men and women are drawn to you know are drawn to those kind of vibes it's the same with you know like people like I, i've never watched game of thrones but you know people watch like you know people like stuff like that people like um you know, superhero movies, people like um, gangster movies, violent video games, right? All these things are, 
they're all kind of similar in that entertainment perspective. Again, we live in such comforting times that it's cool to have something that's, uh, I don't know, that, that feeds that masculine desire without yeah. being uh, actually destructive or harmful to anybody. So you can go and, I don't know, play a first-person shooter and be shooting people's heads off and running around and doing all this horrible stuff that you wouldn't do in real life. But it's cathartic in that sense. So I think that uh, music and other forms of entertainment, I think that can be cathartic for people in the same kind of way. I think it would be interesting for someone to do like a, a full-blown study of all that because that's that's my theory. But uh, it would be interesting to see how it holds up. Yeah, people tend to instead just gl uh, glom onto anecdotes and then just draw them, you know, wildly reckless conclusions like, you know. Oh, the school shooter watched uh, violent video games. Therefore, violent video games cause school, sh school shooting or whatever it is. Yeah. No. Pe yeah. People try to make things too simple. They try to yeah. think every correlation is a causation and not really look at anything with nuance. Can we talk about Saudi Arabia for a second? Because uh, I don't know anyone else who grew up in Saudi Arabia. And sure. uh, I view Saudi Arabia, I'll just be honest, I view it as like... Uh, the devil in the room that no one wants to talk about. Like we pretend to be friends with Saudi Arabia, but talk about a misogynistic, like horrible theocracy. Uh, mm. I don't know if there's a better example, maybe Iran. Uh, so now that I've said that about where you grew up, uh, tell me I'm wrong. Give me, give, tell me. Yeah, it's certainly not my experience. Um, so it's, I mean, it seems like, but that's, you know, give, give yeah. me, I have no firsthand information about. Saudi yeah, Arabia. sure, sure. I, th I think Saudi's a, a very misunderstood country in a lot of ways. And despite living there for a long time, I wouldn't actually want to say that I'm a total expert at all, because the way I grew up and where I grew up, I lived primarily in an expat community. So mm. where I was, was more similar probably to like a suburb in middle America than yeah. to, you know, growing up in Riyadh or Jeddah or somewhere like that. So, but with that said, of course, you know, I did travel to other cities and, you know, experience life there and stuff. So it's, um, it's tricky. I mean, a lot of stuff is, it's very different. A lot of stuff is, is quite different, right? In the way that people do things. One thing I would say is that it works for them. It works. And you can, it's very, having, having lived there, you can see how, um, it's the best way to put it. It's easy, like if you if you kind of if you are surrounded by that and you kind of adopt their mindset and you look at a country like the USA or even the UK from their perspective, you can see how they may feel certain people there will feel as horrified or as <laughs> negative about certain aspects as you might look looking from your own perspective. Okay. So That's just fair. like Right. So just like people in the West would, for example, you said misogyny. So people would look and see, wow, you know, look, the women are, you know, made to their women are made to cover up. They can't do this. They can't do that. And some of the, you know, lots of those things are factually, factually correct. Someone who's grown up in that culture, including some of the women will likely look over to the US or the UK and, you know, and they'll see girls running around, you know, quite close to naked on the street and right. waste wasted off alcohol and sure. peeing peeing in the street and going home and sleeping they'll with random watch MTV guys. And, yeah. eggs, eggs, they'll be, and they're just like what on earth are they like that's the most degenerate you know have they not got any morals have they not got any you know so it's right. um it's a Wait, are you one. arguing for moral relativism right now i just want to i want to be clear about what am i arguing for moral relativism 
Um, I believe in objective morality for the most for the for the fundamental stuff. I think that there's a degree of subjective morality, of course. I think that's kind of the honest position. So I think some stuff is objectively morally right and wrong. Right. I think what are some subjective things? Subjective things. Um oh gosh, there's a lot of them, aren't there? Um I don't in morals, I don't know. I've never thought of morals as being subjective. I've thought maybe like tradition or like manners as being subjective, but yeah, I'm I'm just trying to understand your your distinction. Yeah, I think I'm 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 mainly I'm more I'm generally in the objective camp. Like I think that you know, slavery is objectively immoral. I think killing innocent people is objectively immoral. Um, okay, something that's subjective, I would say death penalty. I okay. would say that I would say that is quite subjective, right? I'd say killing an innocent person is objective. I'd say okay. something like the death penalty is quite subjective, depending on how you look at it. I mean, well, it, it is it is literally subjective because so many people have different, you know, people who agree on lots of other sure. things will will disagree on on that one. Um, and maybe think, what what con, what deserves the death penalty, right? So some yeah. people would say uh, a serial killer deserves it, but other people would say yes, but so does someone who only rapes, and maybe someone there's a disagreement there. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So I mean, there there are lots of moral disagreements in the world, um, and it changes over time. So the fact that stuff also has changed over time. There was a time when it was perfectly legal to own a slave, um, yeah. and so I would say that objectively that was always wrong. Um, right. you know, if you go back to biblical times, their slavery, I would say that, you know, objectively that was, that was always wrong, but, um, morality is, I, I'm not a moral philosopher. I know what my positions on things are. Um, the problem with moral relativism, of course, is that if everything becomes subjective, then it's kind of like you end up in this position where you may as well throw everything else out the window. It's a bit like postmodernism. It's like, okay, well, if everything is a social construct and we can just deconstruct everything, you just end up hopeless and nihilistic, right? It's just kind of like- You can't well, even have a conversation because language can be destruct, destruct, a, exactly, uh, deconstructed and therefore who knows what I'm saying, right? Exactly, and nothing uh, is factual and you know everything yeah. is arbitrary. So it's not, to me, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a very useful philosophy. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like we've gone off track. Um, but yeah, coming coming back to Saudi Arabia, I mean, there are certainly, especially as the, I would say as the Western world becomes a bit more gene- degenerate, I can recognize and value and understand why they do some of the things there the way they do them. I would say in a lot of cases, it can be too draconian, yeah. um, especially as someone who who values liberty. But I think, again, if you give people total liberty, some people will be fine with that and will live well. It was kind of why I was asking about, you know, the ANCAP thing, right? I think if no, you some had people bunch- will shoot up heroin and do a whole bunch of horrible <laughs> yeah, stuff. I think if yeah. you had a bunch, yeah, I mean, so Saudi, I mean, for example, in Saudi, um, drugs are completely illegal. You get the death penalty for dealing drugs in Saudi Arabia. Yep. There's no, there's including, no I assume, like uh, what we would say soft drugs like marijuana or no? Yep. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yep. matter. No drugs, no alcohol. Done. And as a, so some, so people are like, whoa, that's extreme, right? But they don't have all of the problems that, the that Europe and the USA have when it comes to drugs and alcohol, all the problems that stem from drugs and alcohol, right? You've got this opioid crisis in America, you've got alcoholism, you've got people getting off their faces and killing each other and, you know, and you don't have any of that. None of that exists there. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like, it's like a balance, right? It's like, it's like, you, you, you go for the full liberty option you know, especially if you were to say like completely decriminalize drugs, that's like the full liberty option. Yep. Um, and then they they go to the other extreme and they're like, no, like if you, 
if you sell a bag of weed here, we are kicking you out the country at best. At worst, you're going at, at worst, you know, you're going to be executed. And that's on the board. Like if you're flying there, like that's on the landing card. The landing card you fill out at the top of it, it says warning, death for drug traffickers, right? It's in the airport. Um, wow. so yeah, so it's 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 hardcore. Um, but that's my thing, you know, and it works. Or or people also say, Oh, you know, it's it's terrible that they, you know, they of course they have capital, it's it's known for having capital punishment. Yeah, right. But it's so safe there. It's very safe, right? People have this idea. So I'm like, no, it's safe. Like I, you can, because, because the deterrent is so strong, right? You're not, right. yeah, if, if you, you're not going to you, risk if, it. No, if you shoplift in the UK, right. You'll, you'll probably get like a small fine if you're caught. So, right. you know, someone who wants to shoplift, it's like, Hmm, let's weigh up the options. That's not a bad idea. I probably won't get caught. Why not? Saudi, you're going to lose your hand, right? Yeah. If they catch you, you're going to lose your hand. You're going to get lashed in public. You're going to get thrown in prison. You're, you've got to be crazy. Got to be crazy yeah. to rob a store. <laughs> you, you, you see what I mean? So it's kind of like, uh, and I, I think it's, it's, I like, I like the fact that I grew up there and kind of got those different perspectives. Cause you can, you can see the, you can see the benefits and the failings of different types of systems. Do you um, think it's one of the reasons that you're more of a, I'll say a clean living kind of guy, you, you clearly work out, you, I don't think you do drugs, you don't swear in your, your mm -hmm. rap videos. I don't know what your relationship with alcohol is, but do you think that that is a result of your exposure to um, the, that lifestyle? I think it's probably mostly my upbringing. I think it's a factor. I think my upbringing is a bigger factor. I've got fantastic parents, fantastic family, raised me extremely well. Um, nobody in my family uses profanity. Like none of us, I don't believe have ever touched drugs. Um, I don't drink at all. Um, most of my family, like, you know, will drink a little, but none of them are like right. getting wait, getting wasted, <laughs> getting wasted every weekend or anything like that. So I'd say it's primarily, um, my family and then somewhat cultural. I'm also from, um, my family background is originally Nigerian as well. So again, you know, Nigerian culture is, you know, it's no, it's nowhere near as far as, you know, Nigeria is very different somewhere like Saudi Arabia, but in the sort of liberal conservative spectrum, it would be kind of between that and the modern Western world. So, you okay. know, it's, it's still culturally fairly conservative and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah. And then I think part of it's just, just my personality. You know, I think the, the combination of, I don't know what, I don't know how much of each of those things plays into it, but maybe the I low think, neuroticism makes you uh, less excited about, uh, frozen <laughs> alcohol. I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. It doesn't interest yeah. me. Like I don't need that. I love my life. I'm very happy. I'm very positive. I'm very outgoing. I'm an extrovert. I'm not someone who needs to like, if I'm in a social situation, I don't need a couple of drinks to loosen up. It's like, no, I'm, I'll be that person who someone thinks is, oh, I want what he's having. And I'm like, I'm not on anything. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just enjoy my life. I'm happy. Like I do what I do for, I do what I love for a living. I've got great prospects. I'm optimistic. I'm in good shape. I'm healthy and I'm helping people every day with stuff. So I'm, I'm happy. Why would I need, why would I take drugs? Like I wouldn't yeah. want to. And also I wouldn't want to lose control. I, I, I'm, I like control. I like to be aware of my situation and my actions. So I don't like to, like when I see someone who's, you know, I live in the UK where people drink a lot, right? And on yeah. any Friday night, Saturday night, and you're seeing drunk people stumbling around just acting like complete idiots. And I'm just like, I don't know. There's something about that that just makes me mad. I do not want to be that. I don't want to be that person, right? I want to have, yep. I like to have agency. I don't want to do something stupid. And then my excuse is, oh, I was drunk. It's like, well, you chose to drink. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people drink intentionally so they can do things that they want to do and then it gives them an excuse, right? So 
Um, I think so too. You know, I, I've I've seen it happen. I've seen people. Oh, you know, so and so cheated on their girlfriend. Oh, but he was drunk. I'm like, that's not an excuse, right? Did some someone pin him down and force him to drink? No. So right. you know, you gotta. Yeah, I don't. Know. I'm huge on personal responsibility. Like, I'm an I'm a personal responsibility like super advocate. Yeah. So, um, actually, oddly enough, it's my wife that's in chat that's asking this. <laughs> mentioning this, but she's saying China is like that uh, as well. I think she means the the kind of conserv morally conservative culture, um, which maybe is responsible for maybe one of the reasons why uh, Asians tend to come to the West and perform really well because uh, they oh, don't. Yeah. They're going to take over the world. I uh, I think so. She's taking over the house, <laughs> but uh, about <laughs> anything other than that. Um, so. You know, I've been wanting to have a conversation with Carrie about abortion. Um, okay. But I'm going to have a conversation with you about abortion because it's in the zeitgeist right now. For some reason, abortion is like suddenly an issue again. It, it kind of went away as an issue. Yeah, it's good. I'm um, glad, I'm glad the, people are talking about it. Yeah, no, me too. And um, you and I, you and I disagree in that. I believe you're a Christian, right? I think. I am, yeah, but that has no bearing on my view on abortion. So that's what I thought was super interesting because I'm an atheist, and mm -hmm. when you said your Christianity had no bearing on your position, uh, it was fascinating to me because because I'm an atheist, people expect me to be uh, totally pro-abortion right up until you know the moment of birth, or apparently even <laughs> after birth now uh, in in Virginia, and I'm not, uh, and I think it's actually a, a complex issue. What is what's your perspective on on abortion? And I'm asking because it's not I, I get the religious perspective, right? Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people talk about it from a non-religious perspective who aren't also on the left. Yeah, I think that's actually a mistake. I think that um, I think what the pro-life movement, if you want to call it that, actually needs is I think atheists are probably the best people to have on board with it because a lot of people assume that it's purely a religious argument. And it's like it's, it's really not. Right. Like it, it's uh, it's very it's very uh, based in very much based in science and biology and ethics and rationality as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I used to be, I guess you could say pro-choice just by default as in it wasn't something I thought about. It wasn't something I thought about. It wasn't something I really had any reason to think about. And I kind of just I, I never I never sat down and did the research and listened to the different arguments very well. Yep. And once I did that. I don't want to, I want to say it took me less than an hour to switch and become yeah. pretty staunchly pro-life as well. Like not, not just passively, like quite vocally, like, whoa, like what, what are we doing? Are you a pro-life from conception or from some time frame? Like where's your, do you have a line that you draw during gestation? <sighs> like it's, it's no, not really because con life does begin at conception. Yes. That's, life that's, absolutely can begin. Yes. That's yeah. Not yeah. Arguable. Well, well, yeah, well, people try to, it's, but that, that, that's a fact. Obviously a zygote is not a person in the, it's a human life. It's a, it's a unique yes. human life as well. A new human life has been created. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's a person because that, you know, that wouldn't be factually correct according to every, you know, there, there's no question. I mean, it's such a, it's such a complicated subject because it is a, um, Obviously, it's a life. Life is on a, a scale of 
progress. So you go from a zygote until an elderly person who eventually dies of natural causes, right? But right. throughout that whole process, it's the same, it's the same human life. Yeah. Same human life. Like if we rewound the tape of any of our lives, it will start when that sperm meets that egg and creates that unique DNA code, which if left to its natural, if left left to nature's intention, is going to create you, is going to create me, is going to create that individual, yep. that unique life. So for that reason, um, I would say I am pro-life from conception because if at any of those life stages that life were terminated, then that life is terminated. Um, it it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it was at, you know, at two weeks, at eight weeks, at 20 weeks, it's the same, it's the same human life. It's the same person or potential person. Right. Um, so that's, that's generally my position. And I think it's wrong to take an innocent life. Someone can say that's a religious view i mean 100 percent of atheists generally agree with me on that one <laughs> yes so, that's a pretty normal yeah, view i think yeah. yeah you know yeah i think i think it's wrong to intentionally take an innocent human life um period and so to be logically consistent i would say that yeah i'm i'm pro-life from the very beginning um because anything else is yeah i mean it rationally doesn't I don't know. It do, it doesn't quite make sense to me. I've I've thought this is something. It's something I've thought about a lot. Like I've thought yep. about a lot, and I've spent times. You know, I've, I've I've looked at what the date is. You know, where 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 things develop at different stages, what the different processes are. I've much to my chagrin actually like watched an abortion procedure, um, which I really like i'm glad i did but kind of wish i hadn't because yeah you don't want that image in your head it's not no no, you don't but but it makes it even more ridiculous some of the arguments that people come with when they're trying to say that this is not a like it's like i just saw a baby get dissected so you you're not going to tell me that's not (laughs) that wasn't a human being because it's clearly it clearly was um so i think i think the issue with the debate is people get stuck on slogans and obfuscation and euphemisms and i do honestly think that that is because the pro-life position the facts back the pro-life position as far as i'm concerned so i think it's in the pro-choice or pro-abortion people's benefit to try to obfuscate the facts or try to use linguistic terms so it's not a baby it's a fetus i mean fetus literally means unborn offspring right you're you're a fetus literally until you literally until you're born you're technically a fetus so you know and not and some languages use the same word for fetus and baby, right? It's just it's literally right. just well, no, some and some even refer to it. It's often referred to as like, uh, there's like a shit. What is it? The trimesters start so they're like they. It's like four trimesters and it starts mm. at zero, right? Okay. Um, and four trimesters makes no mathematical sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. Some cultures start your eight. Your like your birthday is your conception day, and like you're considered. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Um, cause by the time you're born, you're actually nine months old, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that makes logical sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my position. It, it's a, it's a very straightforward position. I think it's wrong to intentionally take another human being's life. Um, and it's a human being, it's a human life. So yeah, it's just a, yeah, one plus one equals two for me. I and wish we were I, having... I, this is go ahead go ahead yeah no i was gonna say and um i i mean i you know i i'm yet to 
I have this discussion more often than I'd like to, but um, I, th I do think it's an important discussion, so I'm happy to have it. Um, and yeah, there's no, I've never seen a pro-choice argument that can morally contest with that, to be honest with you. I mean, yep. the, the, all the arguments I hear, they're just not, I just don't think they're good arguments. And some of them are, some of them are just factually wrong. Lots of them are just factually wrong. And then lots of them are, I'm like, okay, if that's your position, that's your position. But I just think that's, I just think that's immoral. Just in the same way I would think that slaying a newborn is immoral, right? I, right. you know, there might be some, there are people who think that in some states situations that would be okay to kill a newborn. There's some people who think that, but I'm not sure. going to, I'm not going to agree with them. I'm going to be like, no, I think that's, I just think that's wrong. Just like you don't kill people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I wish we we're having this discussion uh, from a secular perspective in, in, in the culture generally, because, um, because I'm an atheist and actually I have a, I'm a, I'm kind of okay with some, some ambiguity. I'm actually, uh, I have a, a slightly different perspective on abortion than you do, but similar. And, and I, I think what's, when I look at it, I see the pro-life people basically tend to, to conflate it with their religious beliefs and, and, and basically just say, well, it's, you know, there's a soul gets implanted at, mm. you know uh, what people. People say that I don't see pro-life people coming with more with religious arguments. You don't? No, certainly not now. Maybe like maybe like fifteen or twenty years ago, they used to entangle them a lot more. But, but most pro-life, no, most pro-life people like I, I see I see a lot of pro-choice people saying that oh this is a religious you know this is just and I'm like have you ever spoken to a pro-life person because most yeah. maybe that's an the old yeah the pro-life argument is not based in it's not religious um, okay there are, there'll be in, there will be individuals who entangle it because. They might and you've got some people who entangle religion and everything i'm a religious person i do believe in god but i don't i don't make any religious arguments on right. in if we're talking about something that's you know practical or political or moral or sure. whatever because i that's not a um that's like an argument from authority right if you don't believe yeah. in the bible i'm not going to quote the bible to you because it's it's irrelevant it's not right work. just like yeah. if someone quotes the quran to me i'm not you know i'm not going to take that as you know, so I think those arguments, I think they kind of undermine the cause, to be honest with you. Um, I think yeah. you can have it completely secular, completely secular, bioethical argument and just or debate right. and discussion. And I think that's where that's where it should be. But sorry, I interrupted no. you. Karen. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. We sh it should be a secular uh, bioethical debate. And so, you know, maybe I'm wrong about what I see in the pro-life. It's probably based on uh my past experiences in, in the pro-life movement when I was younger, okay. I was in the Christian pro-life camp. Um, sure. But I definitely see it from the pro-choice side. I see kind of a religiosity there where it's, um, you know, it's a woman's body, it's her choice. And there's no uh, nuance. There's no nuance and there's no discussion of like, yeah, but it's a baby, right? Like two seconds before birth, what's the difference? And they actually call it a parasite. No, that's um, because it's not it's not in their favor too. That's the right. problem. Like it's it's not this is the thing. I mean, that's why I mean, like I said, I used to be by default pro-choice. And right. then when I forced myself to engage with it properly, I found that I could not morally rationalize rationalize that position in light of better arguments and facts. I, yeah. I, I just couldn't. I either had to be like, okay, well, it's okay to you either have to go with it's not a baby, right. or you go with um, it's it okay is a baby. to kill babies. It is a baby, but it's okay to kill them sometimes if it's convenient. Right. 
And both of those are pretty horrible. Exactly. And I think people subconsciously recognize that, which is why there's the protective mechanism of, you know, calling it a fetus, right? They'll, yeah. they'll, you know, lots of pro-choice people get really angry if you say baby, right? So they'll say fetus. And I'm like, fetus just means unborn baby. Like it's not, yeah. it's the same, it's the same, per- it's, it's the same person, yeah. right? When I was a fetus, I was the exact, I was literally the same person. If you, if you offed me then, I wouldn't exist now. Right. That goes that goes for all of us. Like, I was the same person, same DNA, same everything. My personality was already encoded. Um, if you want to talk science, right, like everything that makes me me was already genetically encoded. Um, you know, when people say it's not a human, I'm like well, if it's not a human, what is it? I mean, until a woman gives birth to a frog or a, a cat or something, it's obviously a human. Um, so. Yeah. No, I agree. It is. It is obviously human. And, and I think just from a from a secular perspective, and this is, you know, I've thought about it a lot, too. And, and to me, uh, there's the, the deep question that needs to be answered, which is why I think I think people want to avoid this question, frankly, mm. is where do rights come from? Because, uh, you know, just to be clarify my position, like, I think killing a zygote after a day is fine. But it is a human. It is human, mm. and it's an independent entity. But I don't think that we need to give it rights mm. the day after it's conceived. But I think it's clearly wrong the day before yeah. it's born. And yeah. <laughs> there's and we need to find a there's a gray area in there. Mm. And I think we need to be having that discussion. That's you know my opinion. I yeah. think we need to be having that discussion there. Um, yeah. The thing but, is, the thing is, nobody aborts zygote, zygotes, do they? Right. That's the thing. Because most you, you, of the abortion you, you is way after that. Yeah. That's right. the well, there's like the morning you, after pill. You can abort as I go. Right. Well, there's different ones. That, some of them prevent. Some of them prevent the. Uh, they prevent um, implantation. That's right. Some. Yeah, yeah. Some prevent implantation. Some prevent me them. Some prevent them them even joining. I believe. I I need to. I need to research that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, besides that, right. they're actual. I mean, because obviously it's going to take several weeks before. Right. And by that stage, it's no longer as I go. Technically, like it's 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 grown right. to you know, start taking the form certainly of, you know, I mean, after, after, I mean, after a couple of weeks, it is, I mean, if you look at what it looked like, it is, it just, it certainly just looks a, like a human. It's just a very small, yeah, it's just a very small human. Like yeah. it's small, it's very small, yeah. but you know, after I don't have a chart in front of me, but I mean, after, I know, think heartbeat is six on, weeks and like, uh, I think yeah. 12 or 14 weeks or something is, is, is yeah. neurological activity. Like you're, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and by, and by, by that stage, by, I mean, by like, eight, nine weeks. I mean, it's got head, hands, feet, right? It's yeah. Like, you know, that's no longer a microscopic two cell organism. Yeah. That's like, you know, it's uh, which, which is why that's there. You know, that's why I say the, my pro-life position being from conception, I know that can sound like it can sound extreme, but it's kind of like, it is the same life. You know, it is the same human life. Like the further you go, the more barbaric the procedure, no question. Right, the yeah. more the more like visually, mechanically grotesque right. way you're gonna have to, you know, kill this thing, um, kill this person. But it is the same. It is the same human life. Um, and then also, I mean, this is a, this is just you know, the, in terms of the in terms of the wider, more sort of pragmatic facts, is also the fact that, you know, it's people also talk about it like. As if there's no other option. Yes, That's the problem, right? Yes, so, there's like a backlog of people wanting to it, adopt babies. Yeah, it's it. You know, you've got 
I mean, that, that's that's why it's, uh, you know, again, you know, so many so much stuff is wordplay. Lots of pro-choice people like to use the term um, anti-choice for pro-life, right? Right. 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 Anti-choice. And it's like, no, no one's anti-choice. Like, OK, abstinence is a choice. Having sex with contraception is a choice. And within that choice, you've got like 20 different choices from the pill to condoms to, uh, uh, you know, um, as IUD. You know, you've got you've got lots of different yep. contraceptives and, and they work. It's not it's not like. Sure. It's not like we're in in the Middle Ages where there's no effective like contraception works really really well. Like it's really yeah. really if you don't want to get pregnant, like if you if you really don't want to get pregnant, it's really hard to. It's really hard to get somebody pregnant right. if you really don't want to. Um, and and also I want to say that this is some. I say the exact same thing to men, right? I think men need to completely take responsibility as well. A lot of people think that, you know. I or other people are trying to like sort of pin this all on women. And that's, that's not the case as well. Like I will say the same thing to guys like, you know, don't put that thing there without that thing on it, unless you are ready and prepared to potentially, at least potentially become a daddy because, you know, we know where babies come from. So let's, you know, you let, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's be, let's be grown adults here. And then, yeah. um, and then after the fact, yeah, of course you've got, um, you know, you've got, adoption is an option, you know, parenthood is an option. So as far as I'm concerned, you've got four options, abstinence, contraception, adoption, parenthood. I'm completely yeah. fine. I'm completely fine with all of those options. The only choice I morally oppose is killing, you know, killing the human life that that's newly been created um, by your own choice right. as well, you know? Um, and again, in the argument, people people always jump to the rape case, and it's always but like too you long know, to that, make the right. That case is not even you don't even need to talk about rape. It's not no. A, it, it's it's uh, it's just to derail the conversation because yeah. that's not. I'm talking about like, look, okay, let's look at the let's look at the 98 percent of cases, and then we can right. talk about the two percent. Okay. People love to go to emergency uh, ethics when they have when they want to distract you from the main issue. Exactly. It would be like if we were discussing if murder is right, if if killing people in general. Is right or wrong and i'm like oh well what if they what if they have a gun to your head right what if and you go back I, and, in time and it's hitler and he hasn't and then, done anything wrong yet so and, like, then, and right. then i try to i try to use <laughs> that i try to use the self-defense clause to then justify murder in general that yeah. was that's that's kind of what it's like to me and so it's like okay well if that that's i get that situation but that oh, doesn't right, then mean right. that you know everything else is right if i just go and you know, if I if I just go and you know sleep with some woman with no protection, no conscience, and we we you know conceive a child, and then you know we both just decide, oh, like let's just get rid of it. like that's not moral, right? <laughs> that that, that, that I, I I made that choice, she made that choice. This is the result, and you're now you know sacrificing the result to well, it's not even a sacrifice, really. Um, you know, right. killing the results to kind of offload your own personal responsibility. Pretty and I, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's, um, you know, philosophically, I think it's, I also just think that it's, it's it, the thing that puzzles me about it is I feel like in a lot of ways, society has moved forward, right? We've become a lot more less you know, you look at history, people used to be very barbaric, right? We've become a lot right. less. We hit our kids less. We Yeah, we've become a lot more barbaric, a lot more conscious yeah. in a lot of other areas. I mean, even um, even the rise in vegetarianism and veganism and all that kind of stuff. And I get that. But to me, the huge thing there, which always just strikes me, is the abortion issue, especially because most people who are vegan or vegetarian will line up on the pro-choice side. 
and which is I, so baffling, which which confu- which which boggles my mind because I would get it, like if 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 you were like saying okay, you know, it's wrong to it's wrong to kill animals. We shouldn't be killing and eating animals unnecessarily, and we also shouldn't be, you know, killing p- people at any stage, you know, either. Then to me that would like from my moral matrix anyway, like that would line up fine. Like I'd be like, okay, I get that. Um, right. But that dissonance there. I find very, I just find very confusing. You know, you'll have. I think I know saying, where it comes from. Yeah, there's a book by Peter Singer. Do you know this book? Uh, I forget the name of it, but it basically argues that rights come from the ability to suffer. Um, okay. And so I think the argument goes: uh, the animals that we're eating can suffer, but um, a fetus cannot. Which is true for a zygote, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not true for most of the abortions. Uh, mm-hmm that happen so yeah. and i mean um, what if you what if you anesthetize the animal first would that be okay right yeah great question right that's an awesome question well yeah what if you just inject them with heroin and they they die blissfully in uh hmm. in a you know some uh, or, or, a, or, or a human for that matter i mean can we just yes. lethal injection i don't think is painful if you just no. Right. <laughs> right yeah which is why i don't think that's i don't think that's where rights come okay. from but yeah. i believe that's their I th- believe that's their position and that's their justification. Um, but I, I think we need to be having the discussion, though, because, look, we're not far away from there being in vitro fertilization and carrying a child all the way to term outside of the mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna, uh, that's going to happen. I mean, viability, yeah. viability keeps moving earlier and earlier. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you went back in history when, uh, you know, medicine, even 100 years ago, when medicine wasn't so good or even in lots of um, developing countries, the point of viability is different from location to location. Again, right. it's, the, it's the same human life. So if someone says, well, it's viability, and it's like, well, viability is going to be different in uh, the middle of Alabama to New York City, right? right? Or LA, like, you know, if you're a rich person in LA, and you've got access to great hospitals, you could probably have, um, you know, a baby born at 22 weeks and yes. survive. Um, whereas if you're in you know, a village in India, 22 weeks, no chance of survival. But again, it's the same, you know, again, being being morally and logically consistent, it's the, it's the same human life. Yeah, so no, you're right. Yeah, that, 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 that's what literally this is all where my position comes from, because I'm yet to. I mean, it's, it's a hard debate. It's a hard discussion to even have without someone trying to, you know, the accusations just flying and, you know, sure. just, yeah, you're already a bigot. <laughs> Hell, yeah, for yeah. all I know, this makes yeah. you a white supremacist somehow. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, certainly a misogynist. <laughs> certainly, I, I, I hate yeah. I hate women because I wish there were more of them. You know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but it, it it's all uh you know I this I wish I wish people could just disengage the emotion from the emotions and the euphemisms and mantras a little bit. Just the, my body, my choice, my body, my you know. It's like I'm not talking about your body. Right. <laughs> this this <laughs> like I'm not actually right. Yes, I understand in biology. Across all mammals, it is the female that carries offspring. Like we, we all know this. I understand that. Right. Um, however, you know, we're not talking about your your kidneys or your or your liver or you know you know. I mean, even with this, uh, I don't know. Like in the states, I've seen they've you know they've got these these the uh, Georgia heartbeat bill that was passed recently, yes. which is which is why the conversations come out, which is which I think is great. I'm glad it's created the conversation, but. Um, I mean, even with that, again, if you're just being logical and rational, you know, you're literally talking about a heartbeat, 
right? right? It's a heartbeat, okay? And then someone is saying, you know, my body, my I'm like, so you have two heartbeats, right? right. There's another, yes. If there's another heartbeat, this is clearly another human life. Like they if, call them parasites, it, though. I think the 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 leftists call them parasites. It's unbelievable. Um, like it 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 does make me just sort of like shake my head because I'm just you know like especially this is the weirdest thing, right? If it were like the far righties who were like you know like super pro, like you know like coming up with these arguments and stuff, right? It would almost make more sense to me because it's like okay, well you kind of don't really. Well, and they would about. be mocked mercilessly by yeah, everyone it's like, else. Like, yeah, it's like you don't really you're, you're you're not generally trying to say you're standing for the good of humanity as a whole, are you? But right. for the people who are, for them to be so like gung ho on pushing for like last minute abortions and stuff, I'm like, wait, so why do you care about you know all these other things? And you're trying to come across as all compassionate and you know we we you know want to fight for every human life, da da da. And then when it comes to the unborn, it's just like, ah, screw them. And I, I yeah, don't, no. I don't, I just don't, I don't understand that, especially because we've all been through that process. That's the thing. Like yep. we were, every, everyone who exists, everyone involved in this conversation, you were there. we were there. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah. we, we, we were there. And right. I, and I mean, it, it, there've been studies like, uh, cause I'm a dad and like the ingestation uh, the baby actually recognizes the the dad's voice and the mom's voice. And like, mm -hmm. there's like learning happening um, pre-birth. Mm -hmm. And it just, it seems ridiculous to base moral arguments on, you can't have a moral argument based on an event like birth because birth may not always exist as we talked about in the future. Right. And you can't, you can't really, um, I don't, I don't think you can really have uh, it based on viability either because viability is just a modern state of science. Those aren't moral lines in the sand to draw anywhere so i i, I don't know I, I think we need to have it from a moral perspective that discussion and we're just yeah. not we're just not yeah. having that at all yeah well um, i I, th I think like i said i'm glad that it's coming to light i mean in my trigonometry interview that i did last month i mean that was literally the last point that i brought up because they did ask me what i think the biggest blind spot in society is the thing that is there but nobody's talking about and i did say you know, I, I was in two minds about whether or not I should say it. And I and I don't normally ever censor myself, but I was like, yeah, abortion, man. Like, I just well, you get a lot of hate for it, probably, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. But, you know, it's um, it, that's fine. Like, it's fine. I mean, I said in that interview, I mean, I imagine that I obviously wasn't around during the time of the abolition of slavery, but I made that comparison that I do think that that was probably how some of those early abolitionists kind of like felt as in like gosh this well, my slave my a... choice is that was that their argument or what yeah it was well my body my choice well yeah my body my choice it was the same yeah. you know this you know this is not a human being it's the same thing that led to the you know lots of genocides right this is not a human being so i mean if 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 it's not a human being logically you can you know you, it doesn't you can do what you want i've, I've seen you know you mentioned the term parasite sure. i've heard people say it's the same as uh removing a tumor or <laughs> right or, because your like, tumor will someday what? go to MIT. Yeah, and your tumor is your child. You know, it's it's not even that it's that it's you know a random human. It's also like you know from a moral perspective. I mean, we all know that people naturally and morally want to protect their own you know children or brothers and sisters and you know people fam family essentially, and that's why this sort of callousness strikes me even harder because you're not even saying like this is some completely foreign like body that has 
you know, that some, some completely foreign body or something. It's like, no, that's like your potential, that, that's your son or daughter. And again, yeah. being consistent, you know, if you see a pregnant woman, no one asks, oh, how's your fetus doing? Right. How's your how's your, how's your right. clump of cells? Oh, how, yeah. oh how's that how, tumor coming along? How, yeah, yeah, no one, <laughs> nobody does that. So you know, nobody does that, and so it's just, and you know, and no one would, you know, suggest a pregnant woman drinks alcohol or goes bungee jumping or takes. You know, everyone's like, no, because you know that, not 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 necessarily for her own sake. You can bungee jump like later, but everyone recognizes, oh, there's another life there. We want to preserve this life. Um, again, similar in law, if you if someone kills a pregnant woman. It's a double homicide, as I think yep. it should be. Um, if a terrorist incident happens and there's a pregnant woman, the the unborn will be listed as a casualty. So the lack of consistency in these things, right. it, it it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, if it's a human life, it is a human life. It can't just be like it's a human life mm, when I feel like it. And then when I don't feel like it, it's not like that doesn't. So what do you think the motivation is? Because I find it hard to believe that all these people really just are, they're like closet mass murderers. Oh, no, what's no, the, I don't think so. No, what's I the motivation? So. I mean, I do think that. So the thing with the thing with the abortion argument, um, the, the two sort of real positions are based on two different types of framing. So you have the you have the human rights framing, which is everything that I've been speaking from. So, mm -hmm. you know, human life is valuable and should be protected and preserved you know what i believe from from a to z um so that's that's that frame there's the human rights frame and then there's the women's rights frame okay so the women's rights frame is based on female total absolute female bodily autonomy this will be especially with the people who you know most pro-choice people but you know especially the people who think that even third trimester let you know what at any point it should be a woman's right to, well, why not um, just abort your kindergartner if they're a pain in the ass? I mean, what? what well, I mean, I, I I think their logic is that um, they are the the um, unborn the unborn child is inside them and is being sustained from their uh, bodily bodily resources, shall we say? Sure. Um, which is but but again, not necessarily not necessary. Could be viable outside. Like yeah, a baby yeah, but, requires yeah. the mom too, but yeah, 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 potentially. Yeah, this is that's true, which is again why I don't, I, I don't, but that frame doesn't really work for me. Like, I do understand, I can understand the where it's coming from. I just don't think the, the problem is that it completely overlooks the second life, it completely overlooks the second life. So, so some most of the time, they it won't even be talked about. Right. They won't even use the term fetus. Sometimes they'll just say terminate the pregnancy. Right. Right. If you go on some As abortion websites, if you go on some abortion websites. They, they, the word baby will not be anywhere. The word fetus will not be anywhere. They say we remove the pregnancy. That's the terminology they use. We will we'll remove the pregnancy. Um, but what are they getting emotionally out of it? Like why? What's the emotional payoff for for having that position? Because um, it requires cognitive dissonance. It, it requires does. avoiding this tough conversation. But why Why have it? What's the big emotional payoff? I don't know well, the answer. I'm just asking. I, I think it's a pragmatic payoff. I think it's just, um, you know, people don't like responsibility, right? I mean, this goes for both men and women, right? It would be in my favor, right? If I were, um, if I were a pr promiscuous guy who was uh, single, then it would be in my favor to be like, pro-choice because then I can you know, I can go around and sleep with lots of different women and not be particularly cautious 
And if something does, uh, if something doesn't go right, then you know we can just get rid of the you know get rid of the result before anyone notices. Yeah, exactly. So it's I think it's it's that bigger crisis we're having that we kind of talked about earlier about people not wanting to take responsibility for anything. Um, and I think that that is sad. I think that that is degenerate. I don't think that's the direction we really want to be going in. Right. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, I think liberalization is good, but to me, like hyper liberalization of any society, you know, things can go too far where things just become so decadent and people become so self obsessed that they can't even recognize the fact of what is actually going on here you know um so i think i think that's really what it is i think the main thing is just the wanting to absolve responsibility wanting to have an easy way out essentially wanting to have an easy way out and i i can understand that from um i mean i think that there are loads of uh there are lots of prag there are lots of practical and convenience arguments in favor of abortion no question right if i'm not ready to become a dad and i impregnate a woman there are practical and convenience reasons why it may, it would be in my favor to end that life terminate yeah. that pregnancy right however morally i can't like i can't justify that from a moral position and again that's not based on someone could cite the bible for that but that's not a religious perspective that's just saying no like you've it's not in to, to me it's to me it would be the same thing as like okay like you've already got a kid and you know <laughs> it might be practical there, there are lots of things that could be practical and convenient that we could do um that would be morally abhorrent Right. Yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure you I'm sure you can think of a few, right? Oh, you've got a yeah. homeless <laughs> yeah. Of course. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen like I don't really watch TV or series, but I saw uh that movie uh The Purge. Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh, I think I saw that, that years ago. Netflix? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so they that's so that whole idea started because you know they had like a problem with like homelessness and you know vagrancy and stuff like that. So they had right. like this thing where, you know, once a year, like those people just get killed off. Yep. Okay. And then society runs better because they don't have to deal with all these people who are like a drain on the thing, you know, right. like that's very, that's very Nazi-esque, right? Nazi yeah. Germany, they had, um, they, they had propaganda where they would show um, disabled people and they'd have how many Reich marks, like how much money it was costing the government uh, to, you know, sustain that life. And their logic was like, let's just, you know, eugenics, right? Let's just, yep. we don't want these people. And, and so it's a very dangerous and extremely dodgy moral territory as far as i'm concerned once you start kind of venturing into those ideas of like oh well yeah the kids got down syndrome should we just you know you know it's like there's a parallel there directly yeah yeah exactly it's just very dark you know it's very very dark and you know maybe that's that's maybe that's the direction society wants to go in but i think that's something that people should be very wary of in which you could learn from history and be like, mm, once you start dehumanizing any segment of the population, it doesn't. You're not in. You're not in good moral territory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I agree with you. Um, yeah. It's uh, it. You know, I we promised we wouldn't keep you too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, I I did I, I did mess with the guy. 
I did so, message the guy uh, who I'm podcasting with to let him know I'd be running a little bit late. So, it should so be okay. why don't why don't we why don't yeah why don't we just wrap it up and let you first of all, Carrie wants you to know that um thank you very much and uh she's sad she didn't get to talk with you and she promises that uh, the tech problems were not a ruse an elaborate ruse to get you to invite her onto her podcast. <laughs> so, uh, but how can people? I guess I guess two questions for you at the end. One is anything else that you kind of any message that you wish we had gotten to that you want to to tell people about? And two, how can people follow you and where do you want them to to follow your work? What should they do? No problem. So um, no big message except uh, yeah, be good to one another and have have these conversations. Be open minded. Um, I'd also like to let people know that my first fitness book, Strong Advice, Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody, is now available on um, Gumroad. You can find a link to that on my website, zubimusic.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I definitely recommend following me on Twitter if you don't already, at Zuby Music. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All of them are Zuby Music, Z-U-B-Y Music, and you can find me there. Awesome. Well, look. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it was an awesome conversation. I feel like I've got a whole list of like white privilege, racism with a cuddle, like a whole bunch of stuff you've talked <laughs> about uh, that, that I want to talk about with you at some point in the future. But I really, really appreciate uh, your generosity with your time. Good luck in the future. And um, I'm going to start listening to more rap because of you. So so awesome. thanks. Check out Take the care. new album, Perseverance. Cheers.